Morena, and welcome to the Dawn Chorus. I'm Bernard Hickey. This is my daily podcast and email newsletter for paying subscribers, uh, in which I talk about the news in Aotearoa, New Zealand's political economy around housing affordability, climate change, and poverty reduction. Yesterday, the new National Act, New Zealand First Government, pushed through Parliament under urgency changes to the indexation of benefits, in particular the main benefit. The background to this is uh, up until uh, a couple of years ago, both national and labour governments indexed uh, the main benefit, so job seeker, um, single parent support and supported living support, indexed those benefits to CPI inflation. So the way that uh, prices rose, rather than wage inflation. The difference is that in the long run, wage inflation tends to be more than CPI inflation. Now this hasn't actually been the case the last year or two, but um, it's forecast to go back to being faster than price inflation in the long run. And a few years ago, uh, Labour changed the indexation to uh, wage indexation to bring it into line with the indexation that we have for New Zealand superannuation. Uh, Right from uh, the mid-90s, an accord uh, that Winston Peters formed uh, forced the government of the day to ensure that the New Zealand superannuation payments were always going to be around about two-thirds of the average weekly earnings. That means that they had to be indexed to wage inflation. Over time, because wage inflation tends to be faster than price inflation, over time New Zealand's superannuation benefits therefore have accelerated away and well above benefits for uh, people on the main job seeker benefit. And uh, the change a couple of years ago was welcomed by poverty reduction advocates, uh, the Human Rights Commission, and a bunch of other people who um, pointed out, of course, it would mean um, an improvement in wages or improvement in incomes for people on benefits. Well, uh, National, before the election, said that they would revert the indexation back to prices from wages for people on the main benefits. Notably, not for people on New Zealand superannuation. They stay with wage indexation. So this was promised before the election. It is is designed to save money. Now, it's not clear yet how much money it was going to save uh, or how much money that National thought it was going to save. Um, Thomas Coughlin reported in October last year that uh, National expected $2 billion worth of savings from this change in indexation over four years. However... Uh, In the process of forcing this through under urgency in Parliament yesterday, uh, the Ministry for Social Development did lodge a regulatory impact statement. Now, these are official pieces of advice from ministries about what a change in legislation will mean for things like benefit payments and economic growth and employment and all of those sorts of things. In the first 100 days of this government, uh, the government has suspended the use, mostly, of these regulatory impact statements, which is concerning because it's one of the 
ways um, that there can be some accountability for changes in legislation, particularly ones forced through under urgency. That means that they don't go to a select committee and there isn't as much time to debate or to point out the problems with legislation. National says they went to urgency because they wanted this change to come into effect from April the 1st, so not that far away, and didn't have time. Uh, there were um, significant protests from the opposition, Labour and the Greens, uh, and Te Pāti Māori uh, in Parliament yesterday about the use of urgency in this particular measure. Now, um, we've discovered from the MSD regulatory impact statement that this measure is only going to save about $630 million over four years. And uh, that would be about a third, just under a third of what National expected to get. Now, this is money that, of course, is needed to help pay for tax cuts that National plans to announce in the budget on May the 30th. Uh, the other thing that came out of the regulatory impact statement is an estimate from the MSD about how many extra children would be pushed into poverty or the measures used for poverty under the Child Poverty Reduction Act, which National uh, backed, by the way. And um, Louise Upston, the Social Development Minister, was challenged on this in Parliament yesterday. Uh, if you're looking to waste uh, 10 minutes um, and see the whites of the eyes of the debate in Parliament about this. It's worth having a look at the quick exchange yesterday in Question Time, in which Louise Upston repeatedly refuses to say what's in the regulatory impact statement about the increase in child poverty. Uh, that increase in child poverty is, um, according to various measures, anywhere around 7,000 plus or minus 6,000. So up to 13,000 extra kids will be pushed into poverty by the change in this indexation, which is being used to pay for tax cuts. The second thing I wanted to point out is some leaked documents that have gone to at least to NewsHub and to RNZ last night and this morning, showing that National is considering... Uh, encouraging foreign investors to buy land here to build new homes uh, and to be uh, for those new homes to be rented out. So the rules would be that you could buy the land and build a house but you couldn't live in it and you'd also be encouraged to uh, invest in build-to-rent projects. These are the projects often involving dozens of apartments in a particular location they're being built around the country. Uh, Simplicity in, in particular is building a lot. Simplicity Living. And they are um, uh, rely on long-term investment funds um, building a, a set of apartments which are cheaper to build than uh, others can build them and uh, return uh, uh, over time a better return than other types of investments. They make a lot of sense when interest rates are low um, and uh, whoever builds the property uh, typically um, can do it cheaper than other ways. Uh, we'll, we'll see how successful it is. It also requires uh, exemptions from the interest deductibility rules, which, of course, are currently going through. Um, and a little bit of news on that front. Um, Thomas Coggan is reporting from IRD comments to a select committee yesterday that it's possible the changes to interest deductibility will become retrospective for the 23-24 tax year, and that would mean that some landlords would receive refunds on provisional taxes they paid for that year. And um, 
the uh, changes um, uh, in these overseas investment rules that we talked about there, uh, this in theory uh, puts New Zealand first uh, into the equation. National, uh, National would need to convince New Zealand first to go ahead with this. I think it's quite possible this happens, even though it seems um, an- antithetical to New Zealand First's anti-foreign investor vibe. But you might recall uh, when the original if, uh, um, uh, Overseas Investment Act changes were made in 2018 by Labour, New Zealand First allowed an exemption for people to uh, who are overseas investors to buy apartments in large developments off the plan and not live in them to become landlords. So it's quite possible this change goes through. The question is, is there a shortage of capital for bill-to-rent? What is the real restriction here? Um, It's worth uh, having a look at that, and I welcome your views. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was a dawn chorus for Thursday the 15th of February. Ka kite anō.